But the biggest, one of the biggest challenges has been with the Burr strategy is having the right contractor. You're listening to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. Welcome back to another episode of the Right Club Podcast. It's Alfonso Salemi here with my amazing co-host, Sarah Larby. How's it going, Sarah? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Alfonso? Um, I'm all right. I'm all right. I, uh, I got out uh, of the house a little bit here and just got in my car and got right into the office. Didn't see anybody, talk to anybody. Um, but uh, yeah, I got into the office uh, here in Burlington and kind of uh, set up some new digs, got a new whiteboard and getting things up and organized. I needed a little change of scenery, to be honest with you, uh, to get some sense of normalcy. How about you? What, uh, how are you taking it? How are you doing? Yeah, I guess we recorded this podcast at the beginning of April. Um, so we are in, I think, day 17 or 18 of our isolation, social isolation. So, you know what, I'm doing well. Um, in a way, I, I don't really fully know what the new world looks like because I haven't actually been out anywhere. Like I've been out around and like I've walked, I've, I've taken a little bit of a run, uh, I've been to the cottage, but I, I haven't really actually gone anywhere. So like Matt's been going to the grocery store or our chef has been going to the grocery store. Um, I guess at, at some point I'll probably go to shoppers or whatnot, but, um, it just looks insane out there, like all the weights and all the stuff that you're, you know, you're experiencing that's different. And I know that like, you know, by the time this airs, we may or may not still be in quarantine, but it's it's just a weird feeling to feel that everything around you is being so controlled. And I get it that it stay safe and healthy and, and all that good stuff. But I feel like the government is really controlling us right now. It drives me nuts. Yeah, absolutely. As entrepreneurs, as business owners, as people that want to control our own destinies, our own futures, as real estate investors, it can be frustrating, right? That's why a lot of the people, right, um, look to real estate investing on creating your own life, creating your own terms, right? Like doing the things that you want to do, how you want to do it. Uh, and it is, it is tough out there. And it's it's a big problem. It's global, it's worldwide and affecting every aspect of everything across the board. Like there is like, it's pre-COVID and like, is one way of living. We are in the, in the midst of it as we're recording this. And uh, by the time, you know, this comes out, I hope we're in a post COVID. I don't know if that's going to be something, but uh, it's going to be a whole new world. Yeah. You, we're appreciating different things, right? I remember, Oh, I just, I just want to relax and be at home. And that was like good for like a week. <laughs> right. And then it's like, Oh man, get me out of here. I just want to go out. Right. And it's, I think that's human nature. We always want what we can't have or what's not easily available or readily available. And again, back to that entrepreneurial spirit and that mindset, we're always trying to achieve more. So when you tell us we can't do something, it almost gives us a little bit of a spark that, wait, I want to do it, right? I can go faster, better, stronger, right? More, right? That's just within us. And it is tough to, to come to that. But as, as, a, as a human race, I guess, uh, at least uh, across Canada, across where we are, um, it is the safe thing to do. But uh but yeah, today was today was a good podcast. You know what? I'm glad we didn't touch too much upon the whole COVID uh, crisis with uh, with Adrian. He uh, he's a really experienced uh, real estate investor, uh, former police officer, similar to, to Matt, your spouse, my business partner Adam. Um, right. So a lot of we you know a lot of people in the industry that you know in the uh, emergency services area that you know come to real estate investing, and he's uh, a little bit about what he does and how he's really encompassed the whole 
her strategy and all the different aspects, having a construction company, uh, having the real estate side of it, and really kind of looking at it from a whole piece uh, and controlling that system. So um, it was a really good interview, a lot of good stuff uh, and tips that uh, that Adrian shared. And and uh, I hope, uh, yeah, I hope you guys like the podcast. Absolutely. And guys, if you enjoy it, please feel free to leave a rating and review and let us know what you think. Send us an email, sarah at therightclub.com or alfonso at therightclub.com. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, welcome to the podcast, Adrian Pinozo. So, uh, so excited to have you on, on the Right Club podcast along with my co-host here, Sarah. Um, welcome, 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 my friend. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's awesome to be here. Thank you. Yeah, really good. Uh, yeah. So for uh, you, you've come out to uh, the Right Club a few of the events, and we've met uh, in Hamilton mostly. You're uh, you're um, uh, you're investing in Hamilton. That's my favorite city where I live, where I was born and raised. But uh, for those of uh, the Right Club Nation that haven't uh, haven't met you, why don't you give us a little bit of a of a background and uh, exactly what you're up to? Yeah, sure. So. Um... I actually uh, started investing in real estate about 10 years ago now. Um, I started uh, while I was still a full-time police officer. I was a, an officer for 21 years with the Peel Regional Police and um, uh, began investing the last 10 years of my career while I was policing. And those investments and the cash flow that I was able to generate through my investments while I was a police officer ultimately enabled me to retire um, and live off of my cash flow from my real estate investments. So I was fortunate enough, although I loved my career as a police officer, I was fortunate enough to retire three years ago from the police department and essentially become, live off of my cash flow predominantly and become a full-time uh, real estate investor and really hone on um, joint venture partnerships and building my portfolio um, full-time as opposed to part-time while I was still a police officer. So that's kind of like where I came from and um, where I started to invest again 10 years ago. And ultimately that, that investment enabled me to retire early from the police department. Very cool. So we have something in common. My, uh, my spouse is a police officer and he's been there for 17 years and I'm trying to get him to leave a little bit early as well. What did your portfolio look like when you said, I've got enough, this makes sense. I can leave now. What did, what, when was that? And, and what did that, I know you said three years ago, but what did that look like for you in terms of cash flow portfolio wise? Um, don't quote me on exact numbers, but I want to say I was hovering around, um, and again, most of them. So my first five properties I owned on my own. Um, and then the next, um, properties were all joint ventures. So ultimately we were probably hovering around, um, 35 properties, um, where that cash flow between those properties and JV partnerships enabled me to retire from policing. I want to estimate that we were probably producing around $10,000 a month cash flow uh, between all of our properties, and that ultimately enabled us 
or enabled me to uh, leave the, the police department early uh, after, after 10 years. Was the cash flow, the $10,000, your cash flow, or was that still to be split with the JVs? And that was my cash flow. Okay. All right. That's pretty so good. I was living on $10,000 a month, uh, essentially rain or shine. I was making my 10K a month and um, ultimately enabled me to, to grow from there. Yeah. So you, you obviously you had a little bit of your own experience. You did it with your own money, your own mortgages, right? Great income from the police, probably great credit. Um, and then did that your own, then eventually hit a ceiling, get capped, right? Then start working with joint venture partners, creating that, repeating systems, those types of things. But what's the strategy? What was, what was the first one? What did that look like? How did you learn about that? And then how did it grow from there? And are you still doing that same strategy or have you evolved and changed in other ways? Yeah, so we were buying, um, when we started out, we were buying turnkey properties. Again, all multifamilies, triplexes, fourplexes, and so on. And that's how we started. And we were buying turnkey when we started because we didn't have the systems and models in place and the contacts um, back 10 years ago. So we, we were buying turnkey. And we'd put our tenants in, we'd cash flow, we'd put our 20% down, and we'd, we'd move on and then ultimately pull the equity out of the first property, put it on the second, pull the equity out of that one, put it on the next one. And we capped at about around five properties. And then five properties and forward is where we started to um, joint venture with other uh, partners, if you will, where they were able to qualify for the lending component and bring in capital. And then we use that capital to build other properties. So we probably around five years ago, we really started to focus on the Burr strategy, which I know obviously you and Sarah are very familiar with that. Um, and we focused on the Burr strategy in Hamilton. Um, and it was very obviously lucrative and appealing to our joint ventures because we were able to circulate a lot of capital uh, from one project to the next, to the next, to the next. So from there, um, my business partner, Sandy McKay, and I um, started our own construction company um, called uh, Vision Construction Management. And we started that company specifically to work strictly on our projects as opposed to going on Kijiji and hiring a contractor or a general contractor. And so we all know everybody's got a bad story about a a general contractor. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're not only making the system, you're controlling the system. That's amazing. Well, that's, that, that was our thought process. We wanted to really control that and give peace of mind, not only to us, but our joint venture partners that, hey, we have 15 full-time employees on salary that work for strictly us and only us and just our projects. And then above and beyond that, we started our own property management company um, called Executive Properties. And that, that management company caters to our properties and our joint ventures and our clients' properties as well. So we, we really wanted to keep everything in the house as opposed to, you know, going outside of our, our, our circle. So we have essentially, you know, the knowledge of investing in investors and perfected the Burr strategy. We have our own construction company. We have our own property management company that we, really just focus on 
fulfilling what we need and our partners' needs. Awesome. I mean, it seems like a really good strategy. I just want to take a step back and ask you about the JVs. Because at some point, we all need JVs to keep scaling up, or we need to find ways to use private money and, and refinance, and it's a whole different ballgame. But question about the JVs, how do you structure them when it comes to the Burr strategy? So obviously, uh, our joint ventures, um, they're relying on our expertise and our, uh, I guess, the models and systems we have in place. So they're bringing the capital and um, we're essentially a hands-free, hassle-free company that does everything from A to Z. So they're going to bring the capital. We're going to uh, find the property. We prepare a detailed analysis on everything to do with that property as far as you know, purchase price, renovation, refinance, projections, and then after repair value and after repair value rents which will obviously dictate cash flow. Um, ultimately, at the refinance portion, we then become 50-50 partners on that property. So they own 50%, we own 50%, and we're responsible for 50% of the maintenance, the upkeep, any expenses that come along with that as well. Um, does that answer your question? Yeah, I just want to take a step back. So like, how long do you do you have an exit strategy? Like do you hold them for a certain amount of years and, you know, have a plan to exit at some point? Absolutely. So we typically ask for a uh, three to five year commitment. We're more of a long term hold. Um, But I look at it like this. I mean, we're batting 99% in 2019 and 2020 on extracting all of our capital. So if you have you know, an, a- an asset, if you have that property essentially that you have no money in, you've extracted all your capital. Not only that, you know, for typically on a, on a four unit building, we're cash flowing 800 to $1,000 a month on that four unit building. So we have no money in, we're cash flowing $1,000 a month. We have debt paid down from our tenants. And we have passive appreciation. I like to call that infinite return, essentially. So really, I mean, if the market's good in five years and our JV partner wants to sell, then we'll, we'll look at that. But above and beyond that, there's no reason to sell because we're cash flowing. We have zero money in. We have debt pay down. We have passive appreciation. We have cash flow. So a lot of our partners are more long-term long-term holds, long-term wealth, but we typically ask for a five-year commitment. And, and it is, you're managing a lot of it. And like you said, you have the systems and actual companies that you've named <laughs> that you operate yourselves to put all these things off that feed off each other. It's that assembly line, right? And um, so out of all those pieces, you have your joint venture partners, you obviously have um, the, the clients that you're renting to at the end, your end user, your construction companies, how, like, how does that symphony work? Like, how do you put that all together? Like, how, how are you finding that great deal to pairing that up with the best investor and then putting that time effort? What's, what's one secret, maybe there or one, one uh, tip that you can share with the Right Club Nation that putting all that in place at the level that you're doing it, that, that, uh, that they could put it into place? Quite honestly, it, it, it's been 10 years in the making. This isn't something that happened overnight. 
Um, it's been 10 years in the making of a lot of trial and error. I mean, it hasn't been roses since day one. We've all had our, our challenges um, throughout the process. So 10 years in the making of, you know, building, and you guys are familiar with this, having a strong team around you and the people you associate with investing and, and the people around you that are supporting you and helping you grow is is super important. And we've been at it 10 years. So in 10 years, we've managed to grow those contacts, grow the right people in the right places that have helped us, I guess, get to where we are today. And we're sharing that with our JV partners in one tight knit, um, uh, I guess, business portfolio that again, we've created a hassle-free, hands-free real estate investing experience. 10 years in the making. Absolutely. Doesn't come overnight. So because you've been around and you've been doing this, you've been learning for 10 years, you've been educating yourself for 10 years, you've got some great insights. What are some mistakes that you made along the way that you can share with the listeners, with the Right Club Nation, so that somebody that's listening could avoid making that same mistake? Um, yeah, so with the Burr strategy, it's super, super attractive, obviously, to get all of your capital out. But the biggest, one of the biggest challenges has been with the Burr strategy is having the right contractor and really having the right contractor, having the right budget, having the right um, schematics for your renovation. A lot of our renovations are, we're going to the studs, and, but we're getting it all back on the back end. That, that contractor time and time again has failed us in the past where we've lost money, you know, where, you know, Tony says it's going to come in at 40,000, but it comes in at 65,000 or Tony says it's going to be done in, you know, eight weeks, but it's done in 16 weeks. And, you know, as we all know, time is money. So the construction component on a burr strategy is super important. Um, and we've had challenges like that in the past, and that's why we've gone to starting our own company. Um, <clears throat> that's been a real challenge of ours in the past. Biggest challenge, really. Um, knowing the market, obviously, we're realtors and investors ourselves. So we're in the market every day. Knowing a good price of a home, knowing what this home's going to refinance for if we dump 100000 into it. Quite honestly, that's been the easiest piece of uh, working in the burst strategy for us. Um, I would highly recommend, again, people that are starting out, novice investors, really have a solid team around them. Ask people for their credentials. Ask people for their level of experience. What have you done? How many burrs have you done? Show me the numbers. The numbers say really speak, speak to it all, right? So our biggest challenge has been construction, for sure. I want to take a quick pause from the podcast to introduce you to some of my amazing contractors. On this week's episode, I wanted to introduce you to Rob and Joel from White's Elm Design Build. And Rob and Joel just finished my major renovations on my latest Burlington project. And it was a full renovation and absolutely worth it. They've been super easy to work with. I wanted to give you guys some insights on some of the services that 
they offer their clients and they focus on Oakville to Hamilton and beyond, but they're really great. Like if you guys are ever in a property and you want to FaceTime or video call Rob or Joel, they can actually give you some insights on what to look for and also how much we are looking at renovations. Because if you're thinking about doing a flip or a burr project, the reno part is really important to get right to also figure out how much it's going to cost and what renos are going to be needed to get the actual maximum after repair value. So super important. They will gladly do these video calls or conference calls with you guys to give you some of those insights. They're really good at getting back to clients quickly. They can also do physical walkthroughs. If you guys are thinking about purchasing a property or you have it under contract, they can do that with you. They're super professional and uh, they've been very involved in my latest project and uh, really on the ball. So super easy to communicate with. They finished on time, on budget, which is really important as we know. And they've got a whole team of trades. They line them up so that they're as efficient as possible. And they work with a lot of investors, but they also do some of the higher end flip types of projects too. So they work on everything in between. They're fully licensed, insured, WSIB covered. So feel free to reach out to them. They are able to be found at whiteelmdesignbuild.com. That is whiteelmdesignbuild.com. Or you can send them an email, joel, J-O-E-L, at white elmdesignbuild.com or rob at whiteelmdesignbuild.com. Good luck on your next projects. Now back to the show. That was, uh, that was, that was one of the first jobs I had. I was like 11, 12 years old and I don't I'm probably not even old enough to work, but uh, I was on a construction site and I was always at the end sweeping up, getting it ready for these new builds. And there was one rule I learned. It always costs more and it always runs late. That's like the general contractor construction rule of all time and um having that experience of having that in-house and having that working with you that you have those timelines those schematic the wash rinse repeat type of method where you guys are knowing coming in yeah it's it's really skillful as well too so um you mentioned um you mentioned the real estate side as well and uh, like i said I've, I've been in your office and it's a beautiful office in hamilton and you guys are set up there as well too um, what are some of the things that you do for your investors that like you're also including that as part of it, like you're going out and searching and creating that whole infrastructure, right? Yeah. And that was our focus. Uh, Sandy's and Sandy's in mind. Essentially we wanted to create that, you know, Costco, Costco effect. You come in the front door and obviously, yeah, we have a beautifully renovated new office. So you come in the front door, we, we use our expertise. We've been in the market 10 years. And we're going to find you that property. Once we find you that property, we're going to sit down with you. We're going to go over the numbers from, you know, start to finish, right from buy, the renovate, the refinance, the new market rents. We're going to set you up with our lead project manager who's going to take you to his office. He's going to show you we have a sample board of all the colors we use, the tiles, the, the flooring, you know, the paint color. It's like when you walk into a new builder and he has the, you know, the color charts and he has everything kind of laid out. Same thing with us. You walk in and you sit down with our project manager and they'll, they'll show you the different color schemes that we outfit our apartments with. And then lastly, once that all your colors are chosen, 
kind of like a new builder, for example, then you'll sit down with our uh, property management company and they'll talk to you about our market rents based on the layouts, the size of the units, one bedroom, two bedrooms, and they'll go through the market rents and um, they'll start to market that property for you with respect to the, the leasing component, putting it on PadMapper, Kijiji, the other sites that they use, and then starting to uh, get those young professionals in there. We kind of cater to the young professionals, even our two bedrooms. We're looking for, you know, late 20s, early 30s. They got their, you know, full-time job in Hamilton. They're working at the hospital as, their, as a nurse or doing their intern doctorship, so on and so forth. Those are our kind of profile tenants that we're looking for. And, and quite honestly, we, we have no problem getting those tenants there in Hamilton. The profile's great. Hamilton, uh, Sarah, you're, you're in Hamilton as well too, right? You have, I think it's a triplex that you're I have one, I just have one there, yeah. One okay. triplex. Is it, is it a, like what areas of Hamilton, uh, like are, 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 is it, is it focused on or maybe even Sarah, where, where are you in Hamilton? Uh, Bold Street. What about you, Adrian? Where do you look for um, properties out there? Quite honestly, we have them right from A-plus areas and all the way to C areas. Um, we, right from the West End, you know, like Dundurn and, and uh, by St. Joe's Hospital, uh, very, very uh, trendy, even next, next door to Lock Street, um, very trendy upscale areas of Hamilton, but we'll go all the way to you know, Victoria and Barton, and we're successful in, 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 in either areas. Again, knowing that market, knowing that niche, knowing the prices and the market rents in specific areas, it's all analysis. It's all the numbers, right? So we've been successful in, in many different areas of Hamilton. We don't, quite honestly, we don't discriminate. If the numbers are great in that area, we'll do the deal. And those... Uh... And, and I guess there's there's different ways of renovating the property as well too. As I'm kind of going through, and I've I've leaned on Sarah a little bit uh, to help with my with my burr strategy. And there's different ways to renovate and finishes. Where where are the places that like even now having the contracting company that you have are the the places that you said we get that on the back end, right? When you're going down to the studs and you're working on these properties, what are the most like? The, the finishes or the flooring or is it the baseboards like where can you pull a, what like i'd love to hear both of you guys opinion on that when, when you're when you're finishing a property for a refi right i'll let adrian answer that he's the guest on the show um so quite honestly we we do a lot of our uh a, a lot of our materials from home depot and i'll tell you why um <clears throat> we're gonna pay a little bit more obviously from home depot than other wholesalers that you can go to for flooring and tiles and so on. But I'll tell you why. So trick of the trade is we utilize Home Depot when they have their don't pay for 12 months. So we're going to go to Home Depot. And for example, we're going to buy $40,000 of Home Depot gift cards. And then I'm going to buy them in $2,000 increments. So 40K and $2,000 cards. And then, again, don't pay for 12 months. <clears throat> I'm going to use those gift cards to give to my contractor or my company or my lead foreman in this example. 
So I'm going to say, Jim, here's $4,000 worth of cards. And he's going to go buy materials at Home Depot with my $4,000. And he's going to send me the receipts. And the reason we do that is now, so essentially I'm borrowing, I'm leveraging Home Depot's money and I don't pay for 12 months. So the first thing I'm going to do now, so now I have $40,000 of debt from Home Depot. The first thing I'm going to do on the refinance is I'm going to go pay Home Depot off. So that 40, 50 K on materials, I'm not taking out of my pocket or my joint venture pro, uh, partner's pocket. I'm, I'm leveraging Home Depot. And then the first thing I do is I pay Home Depot off. So even if we spend, let's say, 100 on a reno, and 45 of that is materials, that 45 isn't coming from our pockets. That's just leveraged from Home Depot. And then we pay that off immediately on the refinance, and we never have to use that money of our, like our own capital, if you will. That's an interesting concept. What do you think that does for like your credit per se, or does it not matter because it's quick anyways? Typically our renovations last anywhere between five and six months. And if anything, like now, for example, I have a $125,000 line of credit with Home Depot. And that just adds to my credit score because essentially within five months, if I have $40,000 accumulated, I pay that off. Home Depot keeps calling me. They want to raise my credit. But can we, you know, let's raise it another 10, another 15. Not really interested. But again, it just adds to my credit score because ultimately within five months, I'm paying off $40,000, $50,000, which just goes to my overall score. As long as you pay it off, you don't want to be those investors that like don't pay it off. And then all of a sudden it's accumulating interest because. But that's, that's the best thing about credit is using it and paying it. And if you're kind of cycling these through as it's almost like another lender or a bank that you're using for material. Right. So I, I love that. That's a, that's a great tip. Obviously using it right. And you know, leveraging it is, it is a great tip. Yeah. yeah. That's great. It's like losing, using your line of credit for the down payment. I mean, when we started, we didn't have money in the bank. I mean, we took a, a HELOC out on our, on our principal residence, and that's how we bought our first one. And then the first thing we did when, when that equity built up is we put it back on the line, and we paid off our line of credit. So we borrowed it at 3%, but we turned that 3% into 20%. So it's kind of the same concept, but we're leveraging Home Depot. Brilliant. I love it. I love it. So... But uh, this this has been an amazing chat. I think uh, I think it's time for uh, the the lightning round, Sarah. What do you think? Should we get it going? Absolutely. So, Adrian, we're going to ask you a series of four questions. Every guest has the same exact questions. You're going to give us the first answer that comes to mind. Are you ready? Uh, yeah. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey, Right Club Nation, I just wanted to take a quick moment here is Sarah Larby and I'm here with Laurel Simmons and we have some really exciting news for you. And we heard you, we heard your emails and we are going to be bringing you Right Club Nation online, coast to coast, accessible at any time of day. And you can be in your pajamas like I am right now and you can access our great contents. And what is going to be that content, Laurel? Well, we have videos, recordings of live events that we've held. We have 
webinars. We have, we'll have our podcast information up there. We'll have uh, forums and chat groups and all kinds of things. You'll even be able to find services and products that you need in your neighborhood, local for you, because we know how important it is that you have your local team with you. We're going to be rolling things out very quickly. And as we start, you'll see more and more stuff come along. And we really want you to join and become part of our online community. Absolutely. This is the first, and in my opinion, it was going to be the best Canadian online community of real estate investors and like-minded individuals. So guys, come and grow with us. Join our online community, register, and come and say hi and check out the amazing things. Yeah, and all you have to do is go to therightclub.com and you'll find us there. It's easy to register, it's free, and hop on. We can't wait to see you there. Guys, come and grow with us. And now, back to the show. All right, question number one. What is the best advice, Adrian, that you've ever received from another investor or at a networking event? Surround yourself with like-minded individuals and people that are better than you. I love it. I love it. That's why I like hanging out with Adrian. (laughs) All right. Question number two. What is your favorite real estate investing resource? Resource. I would have to say Home Depot. I love, I love leveraging Home Depot. We've done projects where we spent 70, 80,000 on materials and that resource to me and not having to take that out of our bank account or our line of credit. I love, I love that resource. I think that's the first time we had this type of resource, but I think it's really unique and it makes sense. Absolutely. The way that you use it. Question number three, what is the one attribute, Adrian, that has made you most successful? I think my personality, I'm really um, genuine and I'm easy to get along with. And um, my level of experience has enabled people to work with with our company and trust me. And I think the police background that I had for 21 years also speaks to my character. And um, I got promoted through the ranks while I was a police officer. And I, I left on a high note. And I think that also speaks to my personality as far as the kind of character I am. So that combined, um, yeah, people feel comfortable doing business with me. Yeah, absolutely, man. One of uh, definitely one of the nicest guys uh, that I get to hang out and call my friend and uh, and definitely intend to grow more with. But uh, the last question of the lightning round um, it's on a typical Sunday morning, what are you doing? I'm usually up at five thirty every day. I'm in bed at nine nine thirty every day. But yeah, I'm usually up at five thirty uh, Sunday morning at that time. I'm probably sipping on a coffee, going through uh, 50 emails and uh, networking and, yeah, just, just, I guess, reaching out to uh, different people in my sphere and contacts. Um, that usually happens at 5.30 every morning, regardless whether it's Sunday or Monday or Thursday. But, uh, yeah, I'm a workaholic. I love what I do. I left policing to do this. And for me, it really doesn't feel like work. I, I love what I do. I love connecting with people and, and bringing them into this lucrative world of real estate investing. 
Awesome. That's great. Adrian, if the Right Club Nation wanted to reach out and the listeners wanted to know more about you, where can they go? Uh, executive Properties, IES, at rogers.com is my email. And uh, feel free to shoot me an email and we can definitely connect. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time tonight. And uh, any last words of advice that uh, they'd like to share with, uh, with the Right Club? Uh, for me, real estate investing has changed my life, has changed, uh, everything about me has given me so much financial freedom. Um, I would suggest, you know what, it's, it's definitely one piece of advice. It's time in the market as opposed to always timing the market. The longer you're in the market, the more your success you're going to have. So get off the fence, get in the market, surround yourself with professionals that um, like yourself and Sarah that can definitely help you get to where you need to be and best of luck to everybody. Amazing. Thank you for that advice, Adrian. Thank you for being on the show and thank you for all of your information and insights. It's a pleasure having you. Awesome. Thanks guys. So Alfonso, that was an awesome podcast. The birth strategy for sure is my favorite strategy through the good and through the bad times. There's always uh good burrs to uh to be found and done and uh he's got a good amount of experience 10 plus years many deals um lots of great insights what was the one key takeaway for you me i i loved and, and I'm, I'm in the midst as we're recording this in the midst of my first burr right where floors are in and paint is up and baseboard and trim is going in so all that stuff is coming up and i'm like Home Depot oh my god what a great idea leveraging like Home Depot the yeah like like the, the HD lender, right? Lending on your materials, right? That's a huge part of what's going in there. And I, and luckily I've worked really closely with our, my general contractor and Carmen iconic. And if you've been out to the right club, you've met Carmen in the past. Um, and, um, he's been really great. We've been finding some really good deals, but what an amazing idea of, of leveraging the home Depot, right? Having a, being a contractor. So, uh, definitely, I think I see a future burr in my, uh, in, in my future. Sorry. I see a, a burr in my future, another one, cause I've been having fun going there every single day. Maybe that wears off after a few, but uh, um, I think that's a great tip using the home Depot to get your materials and, and leveraging and buying that time, that space instead of your own money or your joint venture's money. Right? Absolutely. I really did like that. He said that one of his biggest mistakes in the beginning was picking the wrong contractor and not finding that right contractor. And like, I hear that over and over and it is a real concern not having the right team in place. Your contractor can make or break your project, right? If they say it's going to take eight weeks and all of a sudden it takes 16 weeks or your budget has doubled because the quote wasn't originally as tight as you would have hoped for. And there's so much that can go wrong at this stage. So, you know, again, um, I'm, I'm hands off as much as possible, especially when it comes to the rentals, but I, I expect to put the right people on my team and that's what I've been doing. And that's how I've been successful now. Not every single contractor I've used has been good. I've had some nightmare stories as well, but that is going to make or break your deals. Yeah, absolutely. Having that foresight and more and more having that knowledge and knowing that, right. And that takes a few times and a few projects, right. To get to that team, that member where you like that work that they understand. It's almost like talking another language, right. The burr language, right. About why you're doing what and how to do it. And now going through it, I've heard you talk about it so much and listen to your podcast and the amazing guests and just us and the conversations that we have. 
but going through it yourself is just a different experience understanding that and and having somebody on your team like like adrian that was talking about that they do that maybe you don't want to get in there in the muck i'm not a handy guy like demo was my favorite i love demo that's good <laughs> grunt work knock out some sledgehammers all that kind of stuff but like the finishings and the final touches oh my gosh like you don't want me anywhere near that because like it'd be like a van gogh type finish that's my that's my uh that's my motif but uh yeah, having that right team, working with the right people. And, and that's what we want to try to bring uh, with these podcasts, with all the communications, our webinars, um, our online community, everything that we do, our, our live events, fingers crossed that those are uh, in our future as well too. Um, but uh, if you want to hear more information uh, like that kind of stuff, make sure that, like you said, uh, get in touch with us. Email alfonso at the right club.com or Sarah at the right club. Um, like, uh, please share, review the podcast. We want people to uh, to hear more about what we're talking about and, and share their knowledge and expertise. So uh, for now, Right Club, stay safe and uh, we look forward to hearing you next time. That's it, Right Club Nation. Come grow with us. Take care. See you next week.